We're going to be learning in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the first piece in Helchus Meiser Sheni. This is Perak Aleph, Halacha Yudalid. And Rab Chaim is analyzing Meiser Sheni, which is the Meiser, the tithe, on the third and the sixth years, which has to be eaten in Yerushalayim. But if the produce was grown in Chutzlaaretz, outside of Eretz Yisrael, then there is no Meiser Sheni. So Rab Chaim is going to analyze the essence of that concept. And he's going to compare and contrast it with a Bechor Behema, the firstborn animal, which also has special halachas that also doesn't apply if the animal was born in Chutzlaaretz. So Rab Chaim is going to explain the difference between those two concepts. And he's already alluded to some of the major points he's going to make and actually discuss this very Rambam in the second half of his piece in Hilchus Machalus Asuros, Perak Yud Halacha Tesvav. The Rambam writes, Maser Sheni Hoyl Beton Havas Makum, Maser Sheni, since it has to be brought to Yerushalayim to be eaten, Ein Mevinoso Mechutzlaaretz Kibachor Behema. Therefore, we do not bring it from Chutzlaaretz like the firstborn animal, meaning a farmer who grew the produce outside of Eretz Yisrael not only is exempt from Maser but also can't make Meiser Sheni voluntarily. And we derive this from the rules of a Bechor Behemo, where the same thing, a farmer who has a firstborn animal cannot voluntarily bring it to the Beis HaMikdash and treat it with the halachas of a Bechor. And then the Rambam adds that we derive another halacha from this, which is Based on this, a farmer in Surya, in the Syria region, which was partially Eretz Yisrael, but it was not captured fully in accordance with the halachas of how to capture Eretz Yisrael, so it only had the partial status of Eretz Yisrael. So some halachas applied there, some did not. But the laws of Meiser Sheni do not apply there, says the Rambam, because you're not allowed to bring Meiser Sheni from outside of Eretz Yisrael. Now, Rab Chaim begins his analysis of this Rambam, and he points out that the way the Rambam formulated the halacha is backwards from the Gemara in Temura and Dafchaf Aleph Amud Beis, the Gemara says that we derive Bechor Behema, that it doesn't apply outside of Eretz Yisrael, from Meiser Sheni. Whereas the Rambam reversed it and he says that we derive Meiser Sheni from Bechor. And the Kesef Mishnah, in his commentary on the Rambam, quoting the Mari Kurkis, also points out this issue. Now, Rab Chaim's going to explain this line using a method that he very often uses, even though it didn't become very popular. You won't see it very much with later brisker figures. But Rab Chaim's very into this idea that the Rambam at times fills in an omission in the Gemara's discussion. So not only does he codify and interpret the halachas in the Gemara, but at times he'll even add something that he felt was missing at the end of the Gemara's discussion. So this is one of those examples. Rab Chaim says that there are really two aspects of the halacha that there's no Meiser Sheni in Chutz La'aretz. One is that you cannot separate the Meiser Sheni. No produce gets the status of Meiser Sheni. And the second is that you can't bring it to Yerushalayim. So the way we derive these two halachas is from a zigzag with Bechor. First, we compare Bechor to Meiser Sheni, as the Gemara in Temura said. So just as Meiser Sheni doesn't apply in Chutz La'aretz, which is obvious because Meiser Sheni is on produce, and all halachas of produce only apply to produce grown in Eretz Yisrael. So any produce grown outside of Eretz Yisrael is not going to have the laws of Meiser. So if Bechor is compared to Meiser Sheni, it means that Bechor also does not apply outside of Eretz Yisrael. 
And then we zigzag and go the other way and say that from Bechor we derive not only that it doesn't apply in Chutz La'aretz, but that it can't even voluntarily be brought to Eretz Yisrael because Bechor is not an agricultural halacha. It's an animal halacha and that should apply outside of Eretz Yisrael. So from the fact that a Bechor does not have sanctity outside of Eretz Yisrael, it means that the rule is that it can't be brought to Eretz Yisrael. That's the essence of that halacha. So we now go back to Meiser Shani and we say that even in a theoretical case where there would be Meiser Shani that grew in Chutz La'aretz, it still cannot be brought to Yerushalayim. So that's what the Rambam is adding to the Gemara and Temura. He's not disagreeing, of course, but he's using the overall method of the Gemara and Temura to say that once we see that Bechor and Meiser Shani are connected, so now Meiser Shani has two rules. First, it does not apply in Chutz La'aretz because it's an agricultural halacha and those only apply on Eretz Yisrael's soil. And second, even if there would be a theoretical case of Meiser Sheni in Chutz La'aretz, you can't bring it to Eretz Yisrael because it's compared to Bechor in that regard. And it's not that the Rambam found this explicit in the Gemara, but he's basing it on the fact that the Gemara compares these two halachas in so many ways, so it makes sense to compare them in an additional way too. It's part of the Rambam's great creativity in codifying and creating a framework for these halachas, so as part of that, it yields this new halacha. Now, the relevant practical case is going to be in Surya. Because as we said, in regular chutzlar, it's soil, there's no Meiser Shani at all. So it's only in Surya where this whole discussion is going to make a difference. And there we have the theoretical case of Meiser Shani, which grew on chutzlar, it's soil. The rule that Meiser Shani doesn't apply in Surya is from the Ushalmi Peya Perek Zion. But the obvious question is, why should Meiser Shani be the one exception to the fact that all agricultural rules apply midrabanan, the rabbis instituted the agricultural halachas in Surya, even though it's not Eretz Yisrael proper, but because it's similar enough to Eretz Yisrael, the rabbis instituted that there are agricultural rules in Surya. So why should Meister Sheni be the one exception? So the answer, according to the Rambam, the way Rab Chaim explains him, is based on what Rab Chaim just explained that Meiser Shani has two problems with regard to Chutz La'aretz. One is the general problem that agricultural laws only apply in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutz La'aretz. Now, with regard to that issue, the rabbi said that Surya functions like Eretz Yisrael and all the agricultural rules apply there. So that's why all other agricultural rules apply in Surya. But that's not enough with regard to Meiser Shani because there's a second problem, as we said, that Meiser Shani can't be brought from Chutz La'aretz, even if it were to exist. So in Surya, you have a case where the rabbis instituted Meiser Shani in Surya land, but you still can't bring it to Yerushalayim, and therefore, says the Rambam, based on this halacha that he discovered, that Meiser Shani can't be brought to Yerushalayim, that explains why there's no Meiser Shani in Surya, because that can't be resolved by the rabbis, even though they created the agricultural rules in Surya. So it's true, there is Meiser Shani in the produce that grows in Surya, but it still can't be brought to Yerushalayim because it comes from Chutz La'aretz. And Rab Chaim adds that this analysis is going to explain another Rambam later on in Hilchus Meiser Shani, Perak Tes Halacha Aleph, where he writes that Shem Shein Meiser Shani B'Surya Kachin Neta Revai B'Surya. Just as there's no Meiser Shani in Surya, so too there's no Neta Revai, which is the produce of the fourth year, which has a similar Halacha to Meiser Shani in that it has to be eaten in Yerushalayim too. So that also does not apply in Surya. 
Now, the halacha of Neta Revai not applying in Surya comes again from the Yushalmi in Peya Perak Zion, where it compares Neta Revai to Meiser Sheni because there's Xera Shava, the Torah uses the same word Kodesh in both places. So we derive Neta Revai from Meiser Sheni that they both don't apply in Surya. But Rab Chaim asks, why do you need a special reason why Neta Revai doesn't apply in Surya? It's an agricultural halacha. And just like every agricultural halacha, it shouldn't apply outside of Eretz Yisrael. So what more do we need other than the regular principle that agricultural halachas only apply in Eretz Yisrael? So Rab Chaim explains based on what he just said, because if it was only that problem, then it would apply in Surya rabbinically. Because the rabbi said that Surya functions like Eretz Yisrael with regard to agricultural laws. So therefore, the Yushalmi followed by the Rambam have to point out that there's a second problem with Neta Revai, and that is derived from Meiser Sheini, that it can't be brought to Eretz Yisrael. So that second problem is going to preclude Neta Revai in Surya, because even though it could exist, it cannot be brought into Eretz Yisrael. That will not fulfill the Halacha. So that's the special component that's being added by comparing Neta Revai to Meiser Sheini. So this is all well and good. It's a very nice reading of the Rambam. But the Ravid disagrees. And the Ravid asks on the Rambam, this is based on a distinction in the Gemara, that the whole halacha is according to Rabbi Akiva. And he only said that you can't bring the Bechor to Eretz Yisrael, but he never said that it's not sanctified at all. So the Ravid seems to be disagreeing with the Rambam that it's not that the Bechor is unsanctified. It is sanctified. It just can't be brought to the Beis Amin. Now, Rab Chaim points out that there doesn't seem to be any disagreement here because the Rambam too seems to agree that the animal is sanctified. It just can't be brought. The Rambam nowhere said that the Bechor is unsanctified. So it's unclear what the Ravid is disagreeing with when the Rambam fully seems to agree with that. All he's saying is that the Meiser Sheni also can't be brought to Yerushalayim, which is why it doesn't apply in Surya, as Rab Chaim explained. But there doesn't seem to be any disagreement between the Rambam and the Ravid with regards to Bechor. The Rambam nowhere seems to imply that a Bechor in Chutz Laaretz is unsanctified. So Rab Chaim explains that the Ravid's question is based on the fact that he holds that the laws relating to a Bechor in Chutzlaretz and Meister Sheni in Chutzlaretz are so fundamentally different as to be totally irrelevant one to the other. Because the reason why an animal born in Chutzlaretz can't be brought as a Bechor is that a Bechor animal is like a sacrifice. So it has to be done properly. And if it wasn't born in Eretz Yisrael, then it doesn't have those halachas. And you can't just choose voluntarily to turn it into to that type of sacrifice. So that's why a Bechor born in Chutzlaretz cannot be treated as a regular Bechor. But Meiser Sheni is not a sacrifice, it's just produce which is eaten in Yerushalayim. So why shouldn't you be able to voluntarily choose or why can't the rabbis force someone to go ahead and eat the produce as if it's Meiser Sheni in Yerushalayim? And Reb Chaim adds that even if you're going to counter that the reason why a Bechor in Chutzlaretz can't be offered as a sacrifice is not that there's anything in intrinsically wrong. It's just the halacha of the Torah. So then maybe that could apply also to produce, even though it's a totally different case. But still, the Ravid feels that the cases are so different that you can't even compare them. Even
even though the Torah said a halacha with regard to an animal born in Chutz Laaretz, you can't apply that to produce, which is a whole different world halachically. And furthermore, Reb Chaim argues that the Ravid holds, how could you compare the case of a firstborn animal in Chutz Laaretz, which happens all the time, animals have firstborn children, to a case which never happens, which is Meiser Sheni in Chutz Laaretz, which as we said is a purely theoretical case. So how can the Rambam suggest to derive the case of Meiser Sheni in Chutz Laaretz, which is a purely theoretical idea from an actual case? So for all of these reasons, the Ravid argues that there is no way to derive Meiser Sheni from Bechor in Chutz Laaretz. The halachas are totally different. And just because an animal born in Chutz Laaretz can't be brought as a Bechor in the Beis Hamikdash does not mean that produce of Chutz Laaretz has some inherent prohibition to be brought to Yerushalayim as Meiser Sheni. So the Ravid's disputing the whole extension of the Rambam of the Gemara's original comparison. And the Ravid just reads the Gemara simply that we compare Bechor to Meiser Sheni, just like there is no halacha of Meiser Sheni outside of Eretz Yisrael, so too the halacha of Bechor does not apply. But we don't turn around and then take it the other direction also. Now, the Ravid's whole argument against the Rambam's framework is predicated on the idea that a Bechor is a totally different rule than produce of Chutz Laaretz, because the Bechor is an actual Bechor, it just can't be brought to the Beis HaMikdash, which obviously would change if the Halacha was that a Bechor in Chutz Laaretz was not sanctified at all, because then it would mean that it's not just a more limited Halacha that it can't be brought as a sacrifice, but it's not sanctified at all. All, and then you could derive it and compare it to produce and say that just as the Bechor is inherently unsanctified, so too the produce is inherently unsanctified and cannot have any of the halachas of Meiser Sheni. So that's exactly why the Ravid prefaces his question by pointing out that that's not true. The Gemara says that the Bechor is sanctified, it just can't be brought to the Beis HaMikdash. In other words, the problem is purely in bringing it to the Beis HaMikdash. The problem is not that the animal is unsanctified. So once you establish that, then it becomes a powerful question on the Rambam's comparison, because Bechor and produce are totally different. The Bechor is sanctified, it just can't be brought as a carbon, whereas the produce is just regular produce, so if you want to eat it as if it's then there should be no problem. So to review Reb Chaim's setup until now, there's a debate between the Rambam and the Ravid whether there's a second component to Meiser Sheni more so than other agricultural halachas. Both of them agree that there is no halacha of Meiser Sheni in Chutz Laaretz, but the Rambam also derives that you cannot voluntarily bring Meiser Sheni to Yerushalayim, whereas the Ravid disagrees with that and maintains that Meiser Sheni is the same as any other agricultural halacha. It doesn't apply in Chutz Laaretz, but if the rabbi is obligated, then it could apply. And that debate is predicated on whether Bechor is totally separate from Meiser Sheni, or it's a similar type of halacha. And that is going to depend on whether the Bechor is sanctified, in which case it's a totally different idea from Meiser Sheni, or if a Bechor in Chutz Laaretz loses all sanctity, in which case it's more similar to the case of Meiser Sheni. So now in the second half of this piece, Rab Chaim is going to come back
back to the Rambam and try to establish what does the Rambam hold with regard to the question of Bechor and Chutz La'aretz. Is there sanctity or is there no sanctity? We already know the Ravid holds that there is sanctity, but the question is what does the Rambam hold and how is that going to affect the Halacha that we just saw with regard to Meiser Shani? So in fact, Reb Chaim points out the Rambam himself directly addresses this in Hilchus Bechoros Perak Aleph Halacha Hey. The Rambam writes, Mitzvahs Bechor Behemoth Tahora No Heges Ba'arts of the rules of a Bechor from a kosher animal apply both in Eretz Yisrael and outside, but Ein Mevin Bechoros Mechutz Laaretz. You cannot bring the Bechor from outside of Eretz Yisrael. Rather, Hareyu Kechulin V'yochal B'mumo, you treat it like a non-korban, an unsanctified animal, and it can be eaten once it gets a mum, a blemish, which is the general halacha of a Bechor. So effectively in this halacha, the Rambam says that a Bechor from Chutz La'aretz does have the sanctity of a Bechor. That's why it can only be eaten once it gets a blemish, but it's unable to be brought as a carbon. Now the Ravid disagrees and he repeats his same criticism from Hilchus Meiser Sheni. The way the Rambam presented this is incorrect. And even Rabbi Akiva, who's the source of this halacha, again repeats the Ravid, he only said that it can't be brought. But it does have the sanctity of a Bechor and you cannot shear it or work it or eat it until it gets a mum. So the Ravid repeats what we know to be his position that a Bechor in Chutz La'aretz does have sanctity but there's a technical problem with bringing it as a sacrifice in the Beis HaMikdash. Now, Reb Chaim points out that there seems to be no disagreement between the Rambam and the Ravid because the Rambam said the exact same thing, that there is sanctity to this Bechor, it just can't be brought as a sacrifice. So what is the Ravid disagreeing with the Rambam's position? So Reb Chaim explains that there are two ways to formulate this halacha that a Bechor in Chutz La'aretz can't be brought as a sacrifice. One is to say that it's purely technical. The sanctity of the firstborn in Chutz La'aretz or in Eretz Yisrael are the same. There's no difference in the actual sanctity of the animals. But there's a technical rule that a Bechor in Chutz La'aretz can't be brought as a carbon. The other way to say it is that the fact that a Bechor in Chutz La'aretz can't be brought as a carbon is an indication that it has an entirely different type of sanctity than a Bechor in Eretz Yisrael. The sanctity of an Eretz Yisrael Bechor is that it's treated like a sacrifice because it's supposed to be offered up in the Beis HaMikdash. But the Bechor in Chutz La'aretz, even though it has sanctity, that only means that it's prohibited to be used, to be sheared, to be eaten until it gets a blemish. But that's the extent of its Kedusha that it's prohibited from being used. But it does not have Kedusha in the sense that it's an actual carbon, and that's why it can't be sacrificed in the Beis HaMikdash because it doesn't have the required level of Kedusha. So there's a much more fundamental difference then between a Bechor and Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael with regard to their very status of Kedusha. Says Rab Chaim that if you read the Rambam very carefully, he seems to hold like this second option that a Bechor in Chutz La'aretz is missing fundamental Kedusha because the Rambam compared it to Chulin, which has no sanctity. 
So the Rambam is not just giving us examples, he's defining the halacha, that a Bechor in Chutz Laaretz has the same Kedusha as Chulin, meaning it's missing the Kedusha to be brought as a sacrifice, but it's still prohibited to be eaten until it gets a mum. So the Rambam agrees that there is this prohibition, but it's not the same sanctity as a Bechor in Eretz Yisrael. And on that, the Ravid's disagreeing, and he says, no, there is no basic difference in their status of Kedusha. Both of them have the same level of Kedusha. It's just that a Bechor in Chutz Laaretz has a technical problem that it cannot be brought as a carbon. So according to Rab Chaim's reading, that's the debate between the Rambam and the Ravid in Hilchus Bechoros. Is the halacha that a Bechor in Chutz Laaretz isn't brought as a carbon an indication of some missing aspect of Kedusha? Or is it just a technicality, but the actual Kedusha is the same status as a regular Bechor? And now coming back to our debate in Hilchus Meiser Sheni, so Reb Chaim says that the Rambam and the Ravid are Lishi Tasam. They're both following their approaches from Hilchus Bechoros. Because the Rambam who holds that there's a missing aspect of Kedusha to Bechor and Chutz Aretz, so it makes sense then to compare Meiser Sheni produce to the animal born in Chutz Aretz, just like the Torah told us that an animal born in Chutz Aretz is missing part of what makes it a Bechor, so it does not have the full status of a Bechor. So in the same way, we can compare that to produce that not only is it agriculturally outside of Israel, so it doesn't have those halachas, but it's more fundamental. It's missing the ability to become Meiser Sheni produce. So that's where the Rambam derives an additional problem with Meiser Sheni produce from Chutz Aretz that it can't be brought to Eretz Yisrael because there's something inherently wrong with trying to transform produce of Chutz Aretz into Meiser Sheni. The Raivit, on the other hand, who believes that the Bechor in Chutz Laaretz has the same Kedusha as the Bechor in Eretz Yisrael, there's just a technical problem that it can't be a carbon. So he argues that you can't compare produce to Bechor because it's totally different. There is no carbon aspect to the produce. You're just eating it in Yerushalayim. So that, of course, you could do. You can't compare that to a carbon. So because the Raivit holds that the whole problem of a Bechor Chutz Laaretz has to do with it being a carbon, that's why he insists that it has no relevance to the case of produce becoming Meiser Shani. Now, in the last paragraph, Rab Chaim does, as he often does, a turnabout from his conceptual approach that he developed. But this one's a little different because it's based on a variant version of the Rambam. So Rab Chaim's whole reading of the Rambam, that the Rambam holds a Bechor and Chutz Laaretz, is lacking the requisite Kedusha to be offered as a Korban, even though it's prohibited like a regular Bechor, is all based on the printed versions of the Rambam. But the tour in Yerodeusim and Shinvav quotes a different text of the Rambam, where the Rambam said that a Bechor in Chutz Laaretz has all of the halachas of Chulin, meaning it's not brought as a sacrifice, and it's not prohibited. It can be eaten and used in any way because it has no prohibition. So this is a radically different view of the Rambam, that there are no halachas of Bechor on animals born in Chutz Laaretz. And that seems to have also been the version the Ramban and the Rush had. So the major Rishonim had that view of the Rambam. Says Rab Chaim, if that's the view of the Rambam, then of course the debate between the Rambam and the Ravid is very clear, both regarding the halacha of a Bechor and Chutz Laaretz and the halacha of Meiser Sheni and Chutz Laaretz, which is derived from it. The Rambam holds that a Bechor and Chutz Laaretz has no Kedusha. It's totally removed from the halacha of Bechor. So in the same way we derive from it that 
produce in Chutz Laaretz is totally removed from the concept of Meiser Sheni, and you cannot voluntarily make it Meiser Sheni. Whereas the Raivid holds that a Bechor in Chutz Laaretz does have Kedusha, it's just not able to be brought as a carbon, but that's not going to impact produce in Chutz Laaretz, which you could voluntarily turn into Meiser Sheni and eat it in Yerushalayim. And Rab Chaim ends off the piece by returning to the issue of Meiser Sheni in Surya, and he points out that the difference between the printed version of the Rambam versus the Tours version of the Rambam is also going to subtly change what the Rambam meant with the last line that therefore there's no Meiser Sheni in Surya. So according to the printed versions, as Rab Chaim's been explaining, it means that there is an extra halacha when it comes to Meiser Sheni in Chutz Laaretz, that not only does produce not become Meiser Sheni, but in addition, it cannot even voluntarily be brought as Meiser Sheni. So that's why the rabbis had to make an exception for Meiser Sheni in Surya, that even though other agricultural halachas apply, they could not obligate Meiser Sheni because it cannot be brought from outside of Chutz Laaretz. So that's all according to the printed version of the Rambam where we're deriving Meiser Sheni from Bechor, which has a similar setup that because it was born in Chutz Laaretz, it can't be brought to the Beis HaMikdash. But according to the Tours version of the Rambam, the Halacha of Bechor is more fundamental. It does not have any Kedusha at all because Bechor only applies in Eretz Yisrael. So then the derivation to Meiser Sheni would be that any produce grown outside of Eretz Yisrael has no rules of Meiser Sheni, but there is no additional halacha that it cannot be brought voluntarily to Yerushalayim. So that's going to change the meaning of the last line of the Rambam where he extends this halacha to Surya. And what the Rambam means to say is that because there's an explicit source connecting Meiser Sheni to Bechor, so therefore the rabbis didn't obligate Meiser Sheni in Surya. Even though there's no secondary concept that you cannot bring voluntary Meiser Sheni from Chutz Laaretz, but still the rabbis were not going to obligate Surya in Meiser Sheni when there's an explicit connection to Bechor which exempts it. For other agricultural halachas, there's no explicit exemption, so there they created a rabbinic obligation. But Meiser Sheni, which is connected to Bechor, they did not go ahead and obligate it in Surya. So there's a subtly different way to understand the last line of the Rambam, where he extends the exemption of Meiser Sheni to Surya based on the printed version versus the Tours version. So that's Reb Chaim's piece. The two main conceptual points that he's addressing are, number one, what is the nature of the exemption of a firstborn animal in Chutz Laaretz. And Rab Chaim discusses three possibilities. The Raivit is clear that even though the animal is sanctified and it has the laws of a Bechor, but it cannot be brought as a carbon. It's a technical problem that an animal from Chutz Laaretz can't be offered up as a carbon as a Bechor. But then there's two other options in the Rambam. One is more extreme and clear-cut, and that is the Tours version of the Rambam. And that is the Rambam holds there is no halacha of Bechor and Chutz Laaretz. There's no prohibitions. There's no Kedusha. It's a regular animal. Bechor only applies in Eretz Yisrael. And the other reading of the Rambam is the printed version, which is a bit more nuanced. And according to Reb Chaim's explanation, the Rambam is saying that even though there is Kedusha for a Bechor and Chutz Laaretz, it's a different type of Kedusha than a Bechor in Eretz Yisrael. Because in Eretz Yisrael, the Kedusha leads to it being a Korban. In Chutz Laaretz, the Kedusha means only that it's prohibited, but it does not allow it to become a Korban. So there's a fundamental difference between the Kedusha of a Bechor in Eretz Yisrael versus Chutz Laaretz, even though they both have Kedusha and laws of Bechor that apply to them.
Now, because the Rambam derives the halachas regarding Meiser Sheni on produce which grew in Chutz Laaretz from Bechor Behema in Chutz Laaretz, so the above discussion leads to different ways of understanding the exemption of Meiser Sheni in Chutz Laaretz too. Based on the printed versions of the Rambam, we would say that there's two problems with Meiser Sheni from Chutz Laaretz. One is the overall problem that agricultural laws don't apply in Chutz Laaretz, but then there's a secondary issue that it also can't be brought even voluntarily like a Bechor. But based on the Tours version of the Rambam, so then it would be more clear-cut that there's an explicit comparison between Bechor Behema and Meiser Sheni that you cannot be obligated to bring Meiser Sheni in Chutz Laaretz, and that's why the rabbis didn't institute it in Surya. So those are the main concepts that Rab Chaim is discussing. Now, regarding Rab Chaim's subtle idea in the Rambam that there is Kedushas Bechor in Chutz Laaretz, but it's a different type of Kedusha than in Eretz Yisrael, so his son, Reb Velvol, the Briskarov, is quoted in the back of the Ar Olam edition that he used this approach of his father to counter a proof of Reb Meir Simcha, the Arsameach. This is quoted by Reb Nochem Ginsberg in his Sefer Makar Baruch, which is on Kudshim and Chelek Beis Simon Beis, that the Orsameach said that the Gemara in Temura has a question with regards to unusual cases of Bechor, which have the prohibitions of Bechor, but cannot be brought as a carbon. So the Gemara wants to know if you're allowed to cause a blemish, a mum, on those animals. But the Gemara does not include in its list a case of Bechor born in Chutz Laaretz. Now, according to the Raivid, that would seem to be a prime candidate for this question because it has the rules of Bechor in that you can't work it or eat it until it gets a mum. But on the other hand, it can't be brought as a carbon. So the question would be, are you allowed to cause a mum in this animal? So from the fact that the Gemara doesn't include that case as part of its question, Dar Sameach said that's a proof to the Tours version of the Rambam, that there are no rules at all of Bechor and Chutz Laaretz, and that's why the Gemara is not wondering whether you can cause a mum, because of course you can, it's a regular animal. So Reb Velvel countered that according to his father's approach in the printed version of the Rambam, this question would also be answered, even though it's a good question on the Raivid, why didn't the Gemara ask whether you can cause a mum on a Bechor born in Chutz Laaretz? But according to the Rambam, it's not a question because even though it does have the prohibitions of Bechor, but it does not have the same sort of Kedusha as a Bechor in Eretz Yisrael, so still it's obvious that you're allowed to cause a mum because it's a lower level Kedusha. It's funny fundamentally different from the Kedusha of an animal born in Eretz Yisrael, which is going to be a carbon. So that was how Rav Velvel used his father's understanding of the printed editions of the Rambam to answer a question from the Gemara against that position. Now, that being said, there are a number of problems with the way Rab Chaim uses these different versions of the Rambam in his analysis. So the Chazonish in his notes on Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim Alevi points out that Rab Chaim's whole discussion about how the Ravid's critique might work even against the printed editions of the Rambam, and he develops this whole subtle conceptual machlokis between them about what the nature of the Kedusha of a Bechor and Chutz Laaretz is. So the Chazonish points out that that does not seem to be correct. It seems very clear that the Ravid had the addition of the tour in the Rambam. And the Ravid is disagreeing very clearly that the Rambam said there are no halachas of the Horn Chutz Laaretz, and he's disagreeing with that. But there doesn't seem to be a way to read into the Rambam and the Ravid this whole conceptual machlokas that Reb Chaim develops. Now, that doesn't disprove Reb Chaim's reading of the Rambam, because you could still say it independently of the Ravid's critique, but Reb Chaim's discussion included the Ravid's critique as part of his discussion of 
of the printed edition of the Rambam, and that seems to be mixing apples and oranges because the Raivid seems to have had a different girsa in the Rambam. And regarding the whole girsa issue, it's also worth pointing out that the Beis Yosef in Simen Shin Vav is adamant that the proper version of the Rambam is the one that we have in our printed editions of the Rambam, where he holds there is a Bechor in Chutz Aretz. And according to that approach, he's not practically disagreeing with the Raivid and the Ramban and the Rashba and the Rush and all these major Rishonim. They all basically agree that a Bechor in Chutz Aretz has the prohibitions of Bechor, but it cannot be brought as a Karban. So the Beis Yosef believes that that's the proper way to read this Rambam. The Aruch HaShulchan, on the other hand, points out that it seems funny to say that the Raivid and the Ramban and the Rashba, the Rush, the Tur, all these major Rishonim who lived right after the Rambam all had the wrong text of the Rambam where it said that there's no Bechor and Chutz Aretz, but the actual correct text is the one that agrees with them. So the Aruch HaShulchan prefers the version of the Tur and the major Rishonim that the Rambam holds there is no Bechor and Chutz Aretz and there is a raging debate and the other Rishonim disagree with the Rambam on that point. So there is a question between the Beis Yosef and the Aruch HaShulchan as to which version to give preference to. Now, in the back of the Oral edition, they point out something very important, which is that the Beis Yosef actually has a third version of the Rambam different than the two that Rab Chaim discussed. So there's the Tours version where the Rambam said that there's no halachas of Bechor and Chutz Aretz. Then there's our printed editions of the Rambam, which use the phrase that Rab Chaim made a big deal about, which is Harehu Kechulin, that the Bechor and Chutz Aretz is like Chulin, but it cannot be eaten until it gets a mum. So that was the phrase that Rab Chaim picked up on that the Rambam is trying to say that even though there are laws regarding how you can use this Bechor and it needs to have a mum before it can be eaten, but it does not have the Kedusha of a Bechor in Eretz Yisrael. That was a key phrase for Reb Chaim. But if you look in the Beis Yosef, when he quotes what he calls the printed edition of the Rambam, so in his version it's missing that phrase Harehu Kechulin. All it says is that there is a Bechor in Chutz Aretz, but it can't be brought to the and it can only be eaten once it gets a mum. But it's missing the whole comparison to chulin. It doesn't use that phrase. So the Beis Yosef's preferred version of the Rambam would also undercut Rab Chaim's interpretation because it says nothing about the Kedusha of the animal. It says exactly what the Raivid says, which is that it has the laws of a Bechor, but it cannot be brought to the Beis Mikdash. So there would be no subtle distinction between the Rambam and the Raivid in their presentation of that halach. So there are some problems with the way Rab Chaim uses these different versions, but Rab Chaim has his approach to interpreting the Rambam, and of course it's conceptually packed and filled with insight.